Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome to the show. Today we have Dr. Marina Mangano. She has just recently written a book called A Guide to Self-Healing. She is a chiropractor, a yoga practitioner, and she also loves to do um, acupuncture, which I think is fascinating. Um, Dr. Mangano, I was going to read your bio and I just sure. lost it on my screen. Do you mind telling I can our just listeners? Kind of spit it out. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind, thank you. Absolutely. Um, so yes, I wrote, um, a, it's a guide, but it's, it's called the gift of healing hands. And, um, it is a practice of the stages in which I learned, um, my main craft, I'm a chiropractor. Um, and that chiropractic practice has led me down a road of combining yoga, acupuncture, a little bit of like mental processes. I call it a mental movement and things like that. So um, I'm in uh, Southern New Jersey, my hometown, almost Cape May, New Jersey, uh, where I practice on a lovely little Island. Um, and so this kind of easy, you know, um, kind of vacation vibe here really builds the option to talk about this type of stuff with patients throughout the day. I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, I love that you combine a, a traditional, um, practice like chiropractor or chiropractic care with yoga and acupuncture. Mm -hmm. I also love that you talk about the spiritual side of healing. And Absolutely. during, uh, right before we started the live show, we talked, you and I talked specifically about bringing up the topic of the spiritual side. Can we talk a little bit about what brought you to a place where you wanted to write this book? What, what was the spiritual um, background for this particular book? Yeah, I think, um, so when I first graduated from school, I was practicing in Oklahoma. So I, I was, I wrote this book mostly when I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which, you know, everybody knows is like one of the Bible belt buckle. Um, and I don't know if I even knew what the word spiritual meant at that time, but the more that you work with bodies throughout the day, you just start to see things that there's no research study to explain it. There's no why there's no teacher who could teach it to you in school. Um, and so this book was kind of me organizing my thoughts, organizing my questions. How could I explain what I'm seeing, the phenomenon that I'm seeing on the table to people in a way that's palatable in a way that applies to their life and, and, you know, you have to be careful when you talk about spirituality to respect every, all the different belief systems. And um, so now I'm comfortable using the word spiritual. At that time, I probably talked to more like your subconscious body, you know, may be believing this or your, your mind may have trouble with this. Um, so this book really helped me fine tune my message. And it's a guide because it allows people to work through that process themselves at home you know, starting with what you know about your body in a physical sense. Maybe some medical practitioners have developed that. Where have you started to have your own intuitive, you know, medical thoughts? And then that leads and builds up to the spirituality of healing. So can you define what does it mean to be spiritual for our listeners who really can't separate from maybe religion and spirituality? What mm -hmm. is the difference? 
I think that's a lifelong journey is understanding those balances. Um, I would say spirituality in, in the way I'm comfortable using it now um, is more of an essence that you understand that your body is in connection with so much more around you. Um, that can, yes, that can be a higher power. That could be, I live on near an ocean. So you can't stand next to an ocean and see a sunrise and not be moved, not have a physical response. So spirituality to me is this openness to understanding and wanting to learn more about where these systems apply to you. Those weird aha moments where you're like, I just met this stranger and I don't know, I feel like I've known them forever. So it's, it's that openness, that consciousness, um, to, life around us is how I would call that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you're talking about that connection. You feel like, you know, somebody, you've known somebody your whole life. People always say that about their spouses, Mm -hmm. you know, like when I first met this person, I wondered where were they my entire life? You know, why, you know, that connection is instant. How did it work out that they just landed when I needed them at that moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people talk about how there are no mistakes in life, that everything happens for a reason. And I think there's some truth to that. Would you agree with that? I would, specifically in healing. Um, I think a lot of, we are so hard on ourselves. We, you know, I, I say the word should, and it should be removed from the dictionary in healing. But I, as a yoga teacher, I teach um, regular weekly classes and I have people who come in, oh, you know, I, sh- I should have been doing this for years or, you know, I, I was so mean to my body growing up. And I just, we have to start fresh. We have to say the exact day that you walked in this office for care was the right time because you, whatever you've learned, all these experiences you've had, if I had met you two years ago, maybe you wouldn't have been receptive to these conversations or, you know, you would have had to experience something that allows you now to move on completely present and heal. Um, So timing is is everything with healing. I agree. I absolutely agree. You're not going to do anything unless you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a certain number of other experiences under your belt before you're ready for the next level. Yeah. And it's really up to the provider in my mind um, to recognize that, recognize mm-hmm. when someone's not ready before you add stress to their nervous system, before you add anxiety to someone who's struggling with traumas or physically does not feel safe to let me come in and give them like a big bear hug, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so my work has really softened compared to like how we're taught in school, very like orthopedic, neurological, quick. Um, And I think that the people who come in and benefit from that really need that slow integration into, I'm going to be vulnerable with you and my body. Um, So I hope that everybody, part of the reason I wrote this book is that because I want people to understand this high standard that I think everybody has access to if they just know the right questions to ask to find providers and all different outlets of care. Um, this is the new normal for us. And this is what right. everybody should expect when they go to any kind of medical care. I think it's interesting because not all providers are going to be ready mm-hmm. to, to do that either. No. They, they too have to reach that level. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it may not be their focus. Um, they're, mm-hmm. they're very successful business people in the medical field. Um, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's definitely more involved in an insurance based program, like emergency services and surgeons, they are so dictated by necessary scopes of practices, necessary um, insurance based protocols where autonomy in chiropractic, not everywhere, state by state, of course, but autonomy and massage therapy, autonomy and being a yoga therapist 
the beauty of that gives us the space to like sit and actually speak to a person and, 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 you know, not look at them like a 15 minute clock or how much I'm going to bill for this conversation. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about why, why is this book different from other self-help books? Yeah. Um, That's tough. You know, self-help is just like this umbrella phrase, right? It's a huge, huge umbrella. (laughs) It is. It is. And I am first and foremost, a reader. My whole life, I've had my face in a book and um, I have read every, you know, I'd like to hope I've read, you know, all the major self-help books and healing, religion, spirituality, yoga, chiropractic, weird woo-woo stuff. Um, And it's almost like if you were involved in a medical program, you would be exposed to something called a review of research. So someone maybe writes a paper that is a review of other people's research. Mm-hmm. I describe this book like that sometimes because it is a review of, you know, the 15 years worth of self-study, personal journey of healing, um, my, of course, my academic studies and then my clinical studies. So it's like, I want to get people to this high level of standard of care as fast as possible, as safe as possible. Um, so I pull my favorite things from all these old other self-help books, all these other medical practices. And I think I package it in a way that I've just, you know, over the years of watching people benefit from it, I know what's going to help people. I know the questions to like poke holes mm-hmm. in those resistances um, and to safely guide them to that next step. So I, I think that's the big difference. And because I am still a daily practitioner, I'm never done learning. I'm never done tweaking my message. So this book is not stagnant. It's not like, oh, I popped this message out and it doesn't apply anymore. I'm living and breathing this and practice every day. Who should read your book? Who who does this book apply to? Mm-hmm. Um, interesting enough, when I was, you know, you, when you write a book, you write a book over years, you rewrite it, you fine tune it, fine tune it. Um, and I realized that I wrote this book to a a wide variety of audience, but the introduction describes two different people. One person is getting overwhelmed because they've just been introduced to this world, this world of self-help, intuitive medicine, mind-body connection. There's all these words that are kind of just influx of information. So this book is for that audience who wants a nice you know, organized way to break into it. And I love telling you, if you like this topic, go read this book. If you like this topic, follow this woman. Um, so I think it gives you outlets of like, I'm not going to be the master of all of these, but I can be a doorway to those things for your further study. Exactly. Um, and then the second half um, is actually, I speak to medical practitioners. A lot of, you know, a lot of just my conversation is always going to be, hey, if you're, you know, I've seen such great success with this. If you're a practitioner who knows there's more going on in this body besides muscles and bones, do not be afraid to start diving into this world with us. Like we're out there, you know, join this new wave of practitioners. Nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. So um, of the overwhelmed people who (laughs) you deal with, are they receptive to your message or do they, does it take them time? Um, in the beginning, I did not know how to deliver this kind of message. 
And as you know, a new young practitioner, you just like throw stuff at people and you hope something lands and you hope they like you and come back enough to like fix what you said. Um, so yeah, over the years, I just feel like now I've, I've, you know, I would consider a very empathetic person, sympathetic person. So I hope to match the person I'm in front of and become a chameleon to recognizing, um, you know, the neurologist in me as a chiropractor, I'm watching when I say something and they, their eye twitches or they suspend their breath or they haven't swallowed in a minute. So all of these little subtle body cues, because I'm a body worker, I'm enabling the conversation or understanding if they're ready to, you know, understand this message. And that's all all in one day. You know, I, I get the honor of seeing people multiple times and we shed off in layers. We get into deeper conversation in layers. So, um, also in the beginning of this book for those overwhelmed readers, those overwhelmed population, I, I can't stress enough the importance of pacing yourself. We have the rest of our lives to learn about this. And once you open this door, you will never go back. You can't unsee your ability to communicate with the inside of your body, to communicate with the spirituality around you. Um, And so you don't have to buy all 30 books on self-help books on this kind of stuff in one day. You're not going to be able to process it and and apply it. Um, So it is a marathon. It is not a a sprint. and, And people can have a really harsh reaction when they try to do too much too soon. So, you know, just trusting your instincts of this may just ignite that journey for you. It's going to come at your pace. Life's going to happen. It's going to lead you to the teachers who take you to the next step when it's ready. I like that. Mm -hmm. I I definitely agree that things happen the way they're meant to happen. And when you're ready, you will find the people that are meant to be there to help Mm -hmm. you on your next journey. Was it, what, what, what was your biggest challenge writing this book? I guess organizing the content. I have so many interests. I'm a dilettante. Like I have, you know, I have so many interests um, and I really wanted to pull it into a couple different outlets that I think are, I am, you know, warranted, like warranted that I should be able to talk about these things. Um, Probably the most effective topics. Um, And so you could write millions of books on yoga because your yoga practice is never going to stop and always evolves. But I had Mm -hmm. to really hone it in and like reel myself in, you know, not put all my eggs in one basket, save some things for the future. Um, So I think that was a challenge to say, I think I'm done in my chiropractic chapter. I think I'm done with my emotional storage and traumas chapter. I think I've said what I need to say in the quantum healing chapter, which was like a whole bizarre thing that I, you know, I did not go to school to be a quantum physicist. Um, So that was probably the hardest chapter to write because I didn't feel, um, you know, that I was allowed to talk about that kind of stuff. Um, But then when I gave myself permission to understand that I'm introducing this topic to people they are going to go out and do their own research on it. Like if it's an interest to them, if it speaks to them, they will know to go find, you know, better sources for this kind of stuff. And that just like grace that, you know, release gave me the freedom to write. And it's actually now my favorite chapter. And it's a lot of people have given me that feedback that it really speaks to them. So it it was really cool, very rewarding. That's awesome. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about quantum healing. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. I got myself into this. Um, (laughs) 
Uh, you, you, the word quantum, I joke in the beginning of that chapter, is popping up everywhere. In movies, anything quantum this, quantum that, it just fills the gaps for any type of plot that we don't understand. Hey, we need aliens to get into this. All right, let's just use the word quantum physics on that. And that should just you know satisfy people. Covers everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just quantum anything. Um, in you know physical land, in body land, um, something called quantum medicine or like an intuitive medicine provider is starting to pop up. And um, when I instinctively as a clinician, when I hear those words, I'm like, you know, I cringe and like, what does that mean? And, you know, it's like very, you can be very skeptical um, until I started having personal experiences with physical elements. I mean, physics, like electricity, physics, like EMF, physics, like um, how a decision in your mind can immediately change the presentation of your body. Then I was like, oh, something's up here. So I really did a lot of personal research until I felt comfortable enough to explain how the frequencies of your mind are influenced by everything around you. Um, and so for a great example of what this means, um, if you hold your hand up, it looks like it's this solid mass, right? Right. To a quantum you know, description, a quantum view, there are tiny micro, tiny little cells and particles that are all in constant fluctuation. And they are fluid, they are moving, but all together in that perfect symmetry, that perfect orchestra, to us, it seems stagnant. It seems like it's just this solid thing. So when looking through the microscope of, of this science, it helps you, it shatters all of our illusions and all the, it's Newtonian physics is what we're taught in school. Um, it shatters all of those illusions and makes you look at this body as this ever-changing, ever-adapting influence, um, you know, we can influence it, physique. So it's it's really cool. Um, it is definitely one of those areas that people are going to be like, I can't swallow this right now. Like, this is a lot. Please go back to the beginning. Um, so I hope that the prior chapters start to open the good questions, open the good doors. So then when you do get to this chapter, you're like, okay, I could see that. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. And one of the the joys of this book too, is it's not always meant to be read cover to cover. Some people have no interest in this, what we just talked about, and they can skip that chapter and come back to it. There's like, yes, there's a sequence in which I learned it and which I see people benefit from learning it. But if your interest is in yoga and not really like sound healing, skip the physics chapter and go right to the yoga chapter, you know, those kind of things. So make mm-hmm. it your own journey. Let's talk a little bit about acupuncture. Mm-hmm. How does that yoga and chiropractic care go together? Um, so almost every, I don't call it a spiritual system, but almost all of these ancient systems have some kind of belief that we have this essence within us. So in yoga, they talk about this thing called prana. It's this vitality. We just have this, like something is pushing us forward in life and something is trying to you know, improve our life. In acupuncture, they call that chi. And we may be a little bit more exposed to that word. It's like, oh, there's good chi in this room. There's just like a nice energy. Um, and then in acupuncture, they believe that this chi is housed in these invisible lines, of course, but that, um, that are there just like the subtle science of, again, we're not just this big mass of muscles and bones. Um, in chiropractic and traditional schooling, you know, we're taught very neurological, very orthopedic muscles, bones, nerve pathways, movements. Um, some schools are a little bit more philosophical. Some schools are, are going to talk to you about, Hey, when you're adjusting people, you are 
opening these channels and memories. You are opening someone's life experiences. They can get a little bit more spiritual with that. So you got to watch your footing depending on what school I'm talking to, because a lot of the schools have different philosophies. Um, but for someone who works with bodies all day, has the mentality, has the space to look deeper than I'm just crunching somebody in five minutes and kicking them out, starts to notice temperaments and that the body is talking back. So that talking back, when I first witnessed that and I you know, couldn't unsee it in care, that led me to learning more um, of how does yoga describe what's talking back? How does mm-hmm. acupuncture describe what's talking back? Um, even things like, you know, therapy and, and the, the kind of traumas and, and, and different styles of talk therapy that, you know, pull out like a child in you, pull out like a triggered version of you. What are we all talking to? And I think that is always my eyes, my mindset when I'm looking at these different techniques and pulling it all into in, you know, in 30 minutes what is the most prominent thing to work on today? How can we align all of these energies? And as we're working on the physicality of the body, it's a lot to digest. (laughs) It it really is. It really is. So, you know, I I have, um, I've, I've gone to see a chiropractor. I know I have friends that see chiropractors regularly. Mm -hmm. They never talk about the spiritual side of it. They never talk about anything other than I went in, I saw my chiropractor and now I feel better. Mm-hmm. So does your, do your clients feel different other than like traditionally, most people go see a chiropractor, they come home, they feel better, but they don't talk about the spiritual side. They don't talk about, you know, what channels have been opened. Right. How do you address that with your clients? Um, when they come in, first of all, now I have the, the, benefit of when people refer people in, they kind of have a little bit of an idea. Someone has given them a heads up that I'm a different type of practitioner. But when I am surprised by seeing a new person who has no idea what they're getting into, um, I start with my foundation in chiropractic. So we are looking at body stuff. But in conversation, whenever I meet a new patient, I always ask about anxiety, depression, sleep, health those subtle signs from where my acupuncture training will tell me in the back of my mind, okay, you know what, if they have really bad jaw pain every night at 3am, we're going to work on, I'm going to look at this area of their body while they're, we're working today. So I may not always present the kind of weirder, deeper spiritual stuff in the beginning until I maybe find like an avenue as we're talking, or um, I just hear maybe a little subtle comment of like, you know what? My tension always is in my shoulders. That's a pretty normal thing to hear from people. I think we're butting into like a, you know, a new normal for people to understand that stress and our emotions can resonate in physicality. So at least fight that battle anymore. Now it's more like, I don't think people realize that they can do something about it. And so that is my message. That is I love that you witness those signs in you, Uh, you know, when your boss walks in and your headaches start, that's great. (laughs) Now you have to trust that you have the skill set. We're going to work on it in here, but that you have the skill set to, you know, set up a barrier to that, find an outlet after work to release that. So it doesn't affect you so physically. Um, So I try to always have my, like, to answer your question, I, I feel like it has become a, it's a long journey to find the timing to introduce this type of spiritual type of deeper stuff. Um, but you know, we attract 
people like us, I think is what it comes down to. Like attracts like. I agree. So I tend to now in my practice, I'm so firm and authentic in what I want to do for people. I believe that I really only attract people who that message is going to be easy for. I don't work with a lot of people who are, you know, refuse to pay attention to their body or don't know anything about how stress affects their physicality. Um, so in the process of learning how to get to that point in your practice, there's going to be some bumpy, you know, stages and not, I'm not going to be for everybody, but I know who I am for. And that's, you know, how I was able to like actually sit down and say, I finished this book because otherwise you would question everything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Has your message changed at all since you started writing this book? You said it's taken a, you know, considerable amount of time. Mm -hmm. Has your message, has your outlook on this message changed since you started? I started writing, yes, is the answer to that. (laughs) Um, I started writing this book in 2018, which is what I call in this book, like, you know, in a woo-woo term, we'll be like, this was my awakening year. This was my cracked open kind of year. Very, you know, every outlet in my life was under a big transition. And this book anchored me. This writing practice brought me back to earth. Um, and so th- since that time, my life has changed so much. I just got married this year. You know, I, oh, congrats. I, thank you. Thank you. I moved back home um, during the pandemic. Um, and so my message now is just not so I'm not afraid to say my message now. Whereas when I was writing this, I was like, okay, I have, I was in an outlet that I'm not from Oklahoma. I loved the people that I met there, but there was always this reminder of I'm not from here, you know? So yeah, you didn't fit. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And so I'm really in my element where I am. And so there's nothing hindering or skewing my message because I'm not so afraid of how it's going to land. You know, in the future, things that I write will probably be much less medical Um, I feel like I had to write this book for my colleagues who are trying to blend into this. Um, And now that I feel like I wrote the book that I had to write, now I get to write what I want to write. So I'm I'm looking forward to continuing my message and my practice in the future. Yeah, no, I I find it fascinating how we feel this need to do things. Mm -hmm. I, I truly believe we all have a destiny. We all come here to do something. And, you know, just like you didn't feel right in Oklahoma, you were still there to learn something. I would not have learned much of this if I did not work there. Right. I live there. Yeah. And you needed that experience to build on what you're doing now. So I, I think it was much needed, but you knew it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's fascinating. It's like, we know, we know what's right and we know it's not right for us. And what's right for you may not be what's right for me. It's, it's just a fascinating Thing. I think people need to listen more to their intuition, to that that gut. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And just looking back, I always ask people about calendar pain, and I, and I won't take too long with this. But um, when someone says, "Oh, every year, you know, my back goes out every year," I'm always like, "What month? You know, let me know when." <laughs> what is this type of year for you? You're we are so um, responsive to the seasons around us that you just start to affiliate that you will act this way in this season. And some people have, you know, really harsh anniversaries of losing somebody. And so every time that comes up throughout the year, they're like, oh boy, we're going to have to deal with this again. Um, And so I I really try to like pull that to the surface for people and help them know, like, you're not crazy. This is within you. Your body is reacting to what it's learned 
from the past in this time or what it projects in you know, the future this time. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Really How can somebody um, get in touch with you? How can they get a copy of your book? Absolutely. So um, my book is published through Balboa Press. Um, so at all online major book sales, um, Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com or Balboa Press, the producer itself, um, and is the gift of healing hands. And um, all of my social media outlets are under my platform, Cairo Yoga Flow. So all of those link trees and things like that will bring you to the book, um, as well as please always feel free and feel comfortable to reach out and ask any questions that you think are pertinent to you know, starting this book or starting your own journey with practitioners near you. So how can somebody get a hold of you if they wanted to work with you? Um, so working with me, um, most often, I, I think, you know, the if you're in the area, you're going to have the best <laughs> benefit because, you know, hands-on is, is my key. Um, but I do actually do a lot of virtual sessions as well. So um, maybe like movement-led sessions, maybe some mentality type of perception of your body sessions. Um, so all of that will be um, information and links on my website, www.cairoyogaflow.com. Thank you so much. So Dr. Marina Mangano mm -hmm. is our guest today. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Make sure you are subscribing to our magazine, Executive Function Magazine. And uh, this week, we actually launched our summit, Executive Function um, Summit. And it's our second annual summit. Uh, if you can go to our website, you can actually access it um, on our YouTube channel, which is connected to the, uh, the website. Once again, that's executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And we have a $1,000 scholarship that is going to be launching in our magazine. Um, so make sure you subscribe to the magazine so you can um, access that uh, scholarship information. We'll be back after these messages. Thank you for listening. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit ExecutiveFunctionCoachAZ.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fozzie Acosti or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. I welcome back. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our listeners around the world. I I really appreciate everybody uh, joining us today. Uh, today, we're talking to Dr. Marina Mangano. She is the author of The Gift of Healing Hands. So welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. So one of the things we talked about during the break was um, you said you get a lot of uh, repetitive questions and that you assume people just should know this information. What are some of the questions that you heard over and over again, and how did you address that? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, my first patient visit is always an hour long. That's a lot of time to be talking to people. Um, and of course, I have highlights that I always want to come up, you know, that come up in the visit. Um, and, you know, maybe the first, second year in practice, I just assumed it was on me to not educate people correctly. And then now, as I see again, these things, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I really thought that there was a little bit more common knowledge. I'm so integrated and we'll specifically start with chiropractic. Chiropractic is my life. It's my bubble. All my friends are, you know, I have a lot of chiropractic friends, um, family members, and some people have never been to a chiropractor. Their parents have never been to a chiropractor. Now that I'm back on the East coast, there's no schools like really locally. There's um, so there's about 18 chiropractic programs in the country that even right there, people don't realize that there's, we have to travel to go to school for, you know, an extra four years after undergrad. Um, and just why we look at the body a certain way. People don't have no idea that there are different varieties within our field that we're not all taught the same. Um, and I think one of them, I, I always talk about the most um, after, you know, three years of people asking me this question is, um, is a limitation in my field, actually, that people are not that aware of, um, that we all have one baseline curriculum. Then outside of that curriculum, you can go chase your certifications in your interests. But in like a medical program, for example, you know, you go through, you pick a specialty and you finish your classes to help certify and specialize you in that field. We don't have that as chiropractors. So then for our, let's say our state credentialing and, and you know, hours of continuing education, I, I joke in the book that imagine the podiatrist and the oncologist have to sit through the same classes or, you know, imagine that the pediatrician has to sit with the same, you know, interests of a podiatrist. Like we just are all pushed into this one bubble. Um, and it creates a lot of conflict where I can't just say, please go see a chiropractor. Not every chiropractor is going to, going to, in every field there's variety, but um, one of the best things I have in this first chapter is kind of my go-to questions to help people call and almost interview this new office a little bit before they just assume that all chiropractors are going to be like me. Um, so I guess those, those common knowledge things that I'm always surprised about are one that people don't understand that they even are allowed to pick us you know, not that, like they have so much that they do have option to, um, providers beyond what they've experienced in the past. Um, and then I think we were, we were joking over break, um, that generationally people are becoming so much more aware of resources and options that being pain and pain is not normal. Um, it's common, 
but it's not normal. Women with incontinence, just because you've had kids, it doesn't mean you have to have incontinence. It is very common, but it is not normal. And in a lot of, you know, most often it's, it's quite fixable. So there's so many things, but ultimately it was those type of repetitive answers that, oh my gosh, I could talk, you know, I lose my air throughout the day. And I'm like, I better start writing this stuff down because clearly there are a lot of unknowns in the field of manual therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what are some of those questions that, they, that you thought should be common knowledge? What are some of the questions that they would ask you that maybe you thought should be common knowledge, but you were getting it repeatedly? Okay. Um, let's say someone comes in with jaw pain um, and I will be working on their hips to fix it. And they're like, what are you doing? I came in here for jaw pain. Um, I, people do not realize how interconnected your body is, how the tension and forces of your ankles, for instance, suspend your neck. Just things that I look at a body and I just get lost and coming in, you know, people don't realize that there are so many other things contributing to their pain. So mostly the question would be like, uh, how is my ankle helping my core strength or how is my shoulder pain, um, related to my headaches? Um, and then another big one is like, um, surgeries. I have so much post-op work that I do with people. Of course, they're way post-op. They're already gone through their PT. Um, But I hear questions of, you know, am I allowed to ask questions when I talk to my surgeon? Like, oh, don't they get mad at me if I say I don't want blank? Or won't they get mad at me if I ask them like saying like they don't know what they're doing? And just the communication style um, that I think people feel comfortable to have in here they don't realize that they deserve to have that everywhere. Well, I think we've been conditioned to think that we don't question authority. Mm -hmm. And what most people, from my perspective, what they don't understand is that if it's your body, you're in charge of it. Right. Right. I mean, of course we're going to take recommendations from specialists. Right. But you still have to ask questions. If you're not sure you know, what that surgery is going to look like, mm-hmm. you have to ask, what is the surgery going to look like? How will I, how will it impact my life afterwards? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the surgeon doesn't think about a- answering those questions because they just do the surgery all day long. Right. It's, you know, we're always taught, like, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Um, exactly. <laughs> and that's getting a lot better. There are so much integrated practices now where just because you're a surgeon doesn't mean every consultation you have goes to surgery. Luckily, um, I can't say the same thing for 20 years ago, you know, so we're getting into this uh, environment of options. Um, and a certain question too, when you're working with a surgeon is, you know, what can we do before this is the option? what type of physical therapy can I go to? What kind of um, strength trainer can I go to before this is my final option? Um, so to even know that you are allowed to ask those questions, to bring in your person, your support group, maybe that if you're not great at verbalizing those things, you know that this person will always stand up for you. That's a great thing to do yeah. with new practitioners. Yeah. Or even ask, do I have to have surgery? Mm-hmm. You know, it might be the doctor's recommendation, but you still have the choice, right? You yeah, still and, have that choice. And even in less extreme forms, when you go to a chiropractor and they say, Hey, we're going to see you three times a week for 13 weeks. I'm like, what are we going to do for that? That's so many visits. <laughs> like, right. You know, I want to understand 
why I need to be coming that often, why my body that's way smarter than, you know, a person outside of me isn't going to be able to pop back into its normal self, why I have to keep coming to see you. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think when people hear that, they're like, oh, they're not very good at business. Like, (laughs) you don't want me to be here all the time. Um, It's almost just, it's called um, locus of control. So in any type of health behavior class, we're taught this phrase, locus of control. Um, You can either have an internal, most often people have an external locus of control. They believe that they are not going to fix themselves, that someone externally has to help them, externally decides their fate. Um, And in the honor of being in my field is usually we give people the heightened sensation of an internal locus of control. Which is a much better feeling, I think. Just gives you hope. You should leave feeling hopeful. And I'm, I'm so, uh, my whole life, I've, I played soccer. I grew up playing soccer and in, in college. And I've just had a lot of really bad medical experiences. You know, I, I, I would say most people who find themselves as chiropractors probably had some pretty bad injuries growing up. You know, we found chiropractic helped our bodies and we got inspired and wanted to share this with other people. Um, and, and there's therapists are very similar in that sense. Yes. Even doctors, you know, people have just had these beautiful experiences and they want to share that medicine. Um, but I work so hard to unwire and rewrite just these seeds of information that people have in their head some man 20 years ago told me my hips are out of alignment or some guy told me I'd had to have hip surgery. It's like, you can't unhear those things. Right. Go through your day. You go through your movement, any little reinforcement you find it, it, like I said, it reinforces that stimulus and you start to believe it, or, you know, your dad had bad back surgery. So you're probably predisposed to that in your future. Half, I would say half of my practice is helping people dispel those false projections. Words are so powerful, aren't they? They are. They're so powerful. They impact us in so many ways. And I don't think we realize how much they impact us because people continue to do and say things that maybe they Mm -hmm. should rethink. (laughs) Maybe they get desensitized. You know, I just jump into doctor's offices sometimes, and I know I'm I'm sensitive to this because it's my platform, Um, but they'll say certain things and I'm like, whew you didn't even hold off for a second on saying that, you know, like, I I wonder if they realize how respected um, and and how much weight we put behind practitioners words diagnosis Mm -hmm. are the same. Um, You know, I'm very cautious with saying, if you don't, you know, like I would never say the words, Oh, if you don't fix this, you're probably headed towards a really bad injury. Mm -hmm. That doesn't inspire any type of motivation, um, like a positive motivator. That's just a fear-based motivation. It's a fear-based practice. Um, And so I always have an ear for that. You know, if I'm in the emergency room for some reason, if I'm in, I work with a physical therapist in my office too. Um, So I try to listen to the different dialogues um, that overall you should leave a visit with a sense of hope. If unfortunately you did, you know, you got a diagnosis that is not positive, at least given the sense of, Hey, I do know my next action step. And that at least is hopeful. Exactly. Having a plan is Mm -hmm. so it's huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huge. Um, would you, would you mind sharing some of your success stories with us, you know, talking about maybe, you know, uh, an experience that you had with somebody that came in, maybe a difficult situation that, um, Mm -hmm. came out with a positive outcome. 
Yes. I mean, there's so many. Um, and I don't mean, I'm not saying that I like to toot my own horn, but I'm saying like, even within this book, I always try to offer, introduce a new topic. And then I tell some type of treatment story along with it, because I think it helps to see like what, you know, that someone else could benefit from something. Well, like that. I think you should toot your own horn. That's what we're toot here for. Okay. For it. It. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the one that just came to mind. Um, so actually in New Jersey, it is not in my scope of practice to be an acupuncturist anymore. So I, okay. you know, but that was such an active part of my practice when I was in Oklahoma. So I'll tell that a story in acupuncture. Um, I had a young patient who came in probably like a 25 year old male, really active, um, came in with like debilitating neck pain no traumas, no accidents, nothing that it would warrant like x-rays or anything. Um, and so I started to run my normal, you know, soft tissue work, we're scraping, we're cupping, we're massaging. And then maybe if he was okay enough, not having any nerve pain, maybe I could adjust. Um, and while we could improve his pain a little bit, it just was not going anywhere. And so, you know, I don't, I see new people about like four to six times. I usually say to really get things cleared up. Maybe after like the third visit, I'm like, wait, why is this why is this not budging at all? Like instead of getting flustered and, you know, worrying that I wasn't good enough to help this person, I just kind of took a moment, sat down and was like, let's go back to the beginning. When did this start? And he said, um, you know, two weeks ago, I was like, okay, and still you didn't lift weird. You didn't, you know, whatever, didn't sleep weird. Um, and he said, no, I was like, okay, well then let's go to acupuncture today. Let's do a little bit more subtle science. Maybe we can calm your nervous system. Maybe we can bring out some nonsense that just does not belong to you anymore. Let's get this that the truck, like the tension out of you. Right. So he was face down and I was using an acupuncture needle in these upper traps, these really tight muscles here. And I just got this sense quick in out quick sense that I was falling. I'm sitting on a stool next to this man. There's no reason for me to be falling. And it was gone as soon as it came. And earlier in practice, I would not have paid attention to that. I would have been like, Marina, pay attention. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, now that I've worked in this field so long, and I understand that their body is always trying to talk to me in the presence of a provider. It's like the stuff comes to the surface. It's like, please help me. And so I had to be weird. And I was like, Hey, any, you know, two weeks ago, was there any reason that you fell by chance? And he started to say no. And then he goes, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to tell you. I went skydiving. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's kind of big. <laughs> I'm like, how would you, do you go skydiving a lot that you would have forgot that that was, you know, and he just, he felt great doing it. There was no reason that he would have correlated like this could hurt me. Um, you know, he didn't land weird parachute didn't hurt anything. Um, and so, you know, one, even just that awareness that that's what caused it probably helps a lot, but then two, and I'll say, because when we get hurt, the snowball effect is lightning fast. It's like, Oh God, where is this going? Am I going to need surgery? Oh no. See, I'm going to turn into my, you know, my mom who can't move. It's right. like, you just run away so fast with pain. So I try to like pull people back. Let's stay here for a moment. Um, but then ultimately had to have the conversation, which is part of acupuncture's just gift is that the needle, the metal of the needle, I believe it's like a portal. So yeah. it opens up these conversations. It opens up access to, different views on your pain. And, um, we had to talk about, you know, why this man went skydiving. Um, and he just said, he felt like, felt like he was losing control of his life, felt like he wasn't, he was really stagnant. He wanted to do something fun to kind of spice up his life a little bit. He wasn't really happy with his career at the time. 
Um, and so symbolically, he may have actually made it worse by jumping out of an airplane and not being in control. So we kind of just mentally, I guided him through like a guided visual. You may take in a meditation class, a yoke class um, while he had the needles in him um, of, okay, let's focus on things that are really just so effortless in your life that you don't even realize that you are in control of or, or that you're succeeding in. Um, and it was like 80% difference when he sat up and moved his neck around. It was just absolutely wild. And it was wow. those kind of stories. Like there's always like inflammation and fine tuning stuff, but I don't think we would have ever made that quick jump with any manual therapy. Like that was the power of his brain, the power of what he felt his body, you know, was incapable of, and it locked him down until he could have come to come to peace with like, no, I'm okay. Let's move forward. Let's take the step on the safe ground, <laughs> not sky taping, but that's yeah. always a favorite of mine. And then I wound up working with that man, you know, just random injuries throughout the year. And we always joke about that first day really for, we learned, both of us learned that day to not uh, neglect the power of our mind, you know, in our pain. So that was really Absolutely. Cool. The, the mind is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful story. Um, Do you have any other wonderful stories to share with us? Let's see. Um, Something I, it'll come to me in a moment, but something um, in my emotional pain chapter. Okay. So I have a chapter in here about emotional pain. Like, what does that even mean? Um, And there's different levels to it and how I describe it to people. But um, the weirdest level, the level that I introduce at the end of that chapter is something called symbolic pain. And it just describes how that's just my term for it. You know, I've seen it done so often. Um, and I've seen people benefit from recognizing the symbolism and then fixing the symbolism, uh, that I started to see patterns and I'm like, okay, we're going to make this a thing. And here's an example. Um, you know, someone coming in with a really sharp pain in the back of their rib cage. They didn't fall. They didn't have any weird things. There was, they weren't sick. There was no internal issues. Um, they eventually through conversation, I just know enough to ask now when I see this pain area that maybe isn't responding to an adjustment, it doesn't respond to soft tissue. Of course I'm doing my normal stuff. Um, but I always ask about betrayal now. It's weird. Interesting. And I gotta, you know, word it well, the people like believe it's a necessary conversation. Um, but we are such symbolic beings, visual beings that when we feel stabbed in the back at a certain point, if we're not, um, you know, sealing it, if we don't have closure, if we don't have peace with it, our body will start to resonate these symbolisms. Um, so I see that there's a whole kind of list of the really most common ones I see like stabbed in the back, um, someone's weak need, um, someone who like, is too afraid to pull the trigger. I have people with like a trigger finger that come in and we fix it through these conversations. Interesting. Um, so it's, it's just such an interesting world and it's endless. Everybody has different languages in their mind, different um, symbolism in their mind. So it's really up to like the provider and how easy we can converse to get these things to the surface. Of course, all within like my scope of practice, if I ever have, you know, some of the harsher ones I've seen where, Um, people were really weak in their core. Um, like they weren't able to resist keeping their legs closed. If I was trying to like, Hey, don't let me pull your legs apart. I want to see if your inner thigh works well. And there's just effortless, like weak, they could not control at all. 
Um, and I have to have conversations with some of them in a really safe environment of, you know, maybe I need you to go see a therapist outside of here. You know, there's obviously maybe been some like sexual trauma or some type of um, postpartum issues that mentally your body is just does not want to connect with. And your brain cannot even fire those muscles because it's afraid of that region. So they're they're not all fun, kind of cutesy ones. Sometimes they're really heavy and they're, they're a little harsh symbolisms. Um, But I really appreciate people who are trusting enough to, to open up to me about that. And then we try to get them to, you know, the most appropriate safe place for them to be. Well, I, I really want to thank you for being on the show today. I think uh, you've been an absolutely wonderful uh, guest and a joy to talk to. So um, uh, once again, if you don't mind sharing your uh, information, if anyone wants to get a copy of your book, The Gift yeah. of Healing Hands. Say, let me pull it up here. This is our oop, The Gift of Healing Hands. Um, and then this is on Amazon, balboapress.com, Barnes and Noble, um, and all of my platforms. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and my website, www.cairoyogaflow.com. Thank you so much. And um Yeah. So um, last question for you, what advice Mm -hmm. would you give your 20 year old self? (sighs) She was a beast. She was working hard. Um, (laughs) I, I just want to like congratulate her. Like just want to tell her that I know you're stressed and school's killing you right now, but um, everything that you're doing 20 years, probably when I was having a lot of my really bad surgeries, I was graduating from undergrad. Um, So all of this has a reason. There's a reason you're going to go through all this pain. There's a reason why the doctors are going to not take good care of you and it's going to, you know, initiate a lifelong journey to help other people, um, not have that experience and to improve all medical care. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, please go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Don't forget to, uh, subscribe to our executive function magazine. There's a $1,000 scholarship, Uh, that we are going to be giving out yearly. Um, So if you want to learn more about that, you can go there as well. And make sure you take a look at our summit. Uh, Our Executive Function Summit is live this week, and you can access that on our YouTube channel. Once again, it's at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.